In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Hello, everyone, and welcome to See You Next Week in Space. This is part two of our RoboCop conversation. We drop in, as Sarah explains, how RoboCop is dropped off at the local precinct to meet all his fellow police officers. Enjoy, and thanks, as always, for listening. Then, unsurprisingly, RoboCop is dropped off at the local police station. Um... Mm -hmm. Seemingly without any sort of, like, pre-knowledge on the part of anyone in charge. Like, just this whole crew of people show up. And Sergeant Reed is like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) I thought this was weird. (laughs) Well, and the reason, I guess, that it's allowed to happen is because OCP owns the police now. Right. They're like, we're just doing whatever. So weird, though. But yeah. Um, and they set up this whole like kind of what would I call it? Docking station for Robocop. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. where they're saying like he can sit here, this is where he'll charge up, blah blah blah. Um they also explain that he's still some amount human, so it he eats. Um, but he only eats this weird paste. That was gross. I did not like that. Yeah, that was like a thing that I was like, I didn't need to know that information. Yeah, but like, fine. I didn't. I didn't care. I, I didn't even cross my mind. How does he eat? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and then this is when we, as the audience, get the full reveal of what RoboCop looks like. Um, mm-hmm. which is like now I think most people can pull up an image in their mind of what RoboCop looks like with the visor and yeah. just we see a bit of his chin is the main thing. Um, And so in the process of getting RoboCop set up in this docking station, there are scientists doing various tests. Morton is there as well. And this is when we see the reveal of prime directives that are like kind of the core of RoboCop's programming. And the first one is to serve the public trust. The second, to protect the innocent the third to uphold the law. And then we also see flash across the screen because we're still kind of moving back and forth between point of view and kind of just average camera. Um, We also see something flash across RoboCop's vision, which is Directive 4, which is identified as classified. So it's like, hmm, what Directive 4 will be? Um, then once RoboCop has been sufficiently set up, they take him to the shooting range where he has also been issued like a specialty gigantic ass gun that he's working with. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and he's so accurate and good at shooting at the range. He draws everyone's attention. And this is when Lewis sees that RoboCop does like gun twirling the way (laughs) her old partner Murphy did gun twirling. Uh... And mm-hmm. she's like, hmm, 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 I have some suspicions. Um, I then think they took my old partner and made him a cyborg, and now he's this guy. Th- I mean, that's got to be, that's got to be a <laughs> wild set of conclusions to experience yes. yourself drawing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, then we get to see a little bit of a... Um, a montage of how RoboCop does his job um, where he goes out into a car, drives to a place, picks up 
on some kind of crime in progress and then stops it from happening. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting, let's say, in these uh, gallivants around the city was something I already mentioned, which is in the context of a woman being um, harassed and potentially sexually assaulted, uh, he shoots a man in the dick to <laughs> stop that situation. Um, that was weird. Which was quite something. Um, yeah. And then, to me, one of the more concerning things in this montage is then we see a situation at City Hall where um, a politician who has recently lost his election is holding the mayor and some other politicians hostage and saying that he wants a recount of the vote and he doesn't care what the recount shows. He wants to be given his old job back no matter what. So I was like, this is really too close to home. Um, <laughs> and... As he's, like, freaking out, talking to the police outside, RoboCop has come into the building, punches through the wall, grabs the guy, and, like, throws him out of the window, and then the problem is solved. Um, and then we get another media break moment where um, we're now learning that RoboCop's uh, kind of ability to crime fight has gotten him quite a lot of notice and the footage that they're using is him playing with kids at the local elementary school um which is something i'll say that um and then they cut to a commercial for a game called nukem which just <laughs> looks like a nuclear version of battleship uh which is interesting um and then we come back to seeing that uh, we're back to OCP. They're talking about their plans for building Delta City, that now finally things are on the move with that because Morton um, is predicting that Ro Robocop's simple presence will end all crime in the city within 40 days. Um, not clear why 40 days is like, the time yeah, frame here but that's weird um so then we follow morton into the ocp executive bathroom um because he has finally like gotten to this high echelon of the company that he's been striving for this whole time mm -hmm. and um that's when Sometimes this happens when just we at, we are cresting at our peak of success. <laughs> we shoot ourselves in the foot for in various ways. And in Morton's case, mm -hmm. his own um, kind of boastfulness is what does that. Because he's sitting around in this bathroom talking shit about uh, Dick Jones and saying like that he's over the hill. I'm the new blood. I don't know why everyone like thought he was such hot shit. Blah blah blah. As he's saying it, the bathroom is emptying out quite quickly, and that's because Jones has everybody else knows that Jones is in the stall. Um, and when he comes out, he first. Also, why is he talking to himself like that? Why is who talking to himself like that? Is he talking to himself about how he should be the one, or he's talking to someone? He's talking to his friends, the same friends from okay, the elevator. Okay. Um, okay, okay. And so then Jones comes out, and, er, like, at this point, it's just Morton and Jones in the bathroom. And mm -hmm. Jones is, like, basically saying, like, you need to learn how to play the game. You're too young. You haven't figured it out yet. Don't make me look like a fool. Um... And in particular, like, Morton is like, yeah, but the thing, ED-209 didn't work. What does it matter? And he's like, or how could you keep going on with that? And he's like, you don't get it. ED-209 wasn't designed to work. It was designed to make us money, which means that, like, if we sold it to the military, if we sold it to other police stations, it would be constantly needing some kind of upgrade or new components or 
like repairs or something and every time they the item needed anything we would be making money you've made something that actually works which is eventually going to mean we won't keep making money you know like um so i was like ooh that is another 80s you know like that's the barb is like we don't yeah. care about if this actually works we just want to make it look like it works well enough to keep getting our money um right and so this is when this is when things start getting like are things getting sexy what's happening because they're like looking they're like doing that thing of like as i'm yelling and getting closer and closer my face to your face <laughs> and mm-hmm. then jones gets like so riled up he grabs morton by the hair on the like back side of his head and pulls his uh-huh. head back and i was like is he going in for a rough kiss like what's happening <laughs> um that isn't what happens but i kind Dang of it. would have liked if it had been that would, that. I, think, I think it could have that i would have liked if that turn had taken um but basically the takeaway that morton now knows is that jones is gunning for him and so if robocop fails in any way jones is gonna like jump in so he has to like kind of watch his back um meanwhile back at the police station robocop is in his docking station and he starts like freaking out um like we see that his he's like hooked up to all these different kind of machines that are monitoring various functions um Mm -hmm. so We see inside RoboCop's head, he's having these flashes of memories. On the TV screens, we see TV screens that the scientists are monitoring. We're seeing other things happen. On those weird machines that, like, I don't know what those are, but where the, the, like, thing, like, it looks like a seismograph, like, where it, like, goes back and Mm. forth. And when there's, like, a lot of disruption, it's, like, a big, big black blob. And if it's no disruption, it's just a flat line. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are like going nuts uh and then uh at first the scientists don't notice this happening um but then robocop like wakes up on his own which it seems like isn't how it's supposed to be when he's in that docking chair um mm-hmm. and he's basically like i'm leaving <laughs> and they're like what what are you talking about and no one can stop him from leaving because, of course, he's huge and, and intimidating. But as yeah. he's walking out of the station, Lewis encounters him and says, like, Murphy, it's you. Like, she's trying to jog its memory, um, mm-hmm. which does not work at that time. Um, and then Morton is like, what the fuck is going on? How come RoboCop just got in a car and drove away? And the scientists are like, well, he had a dream and then and he's like he had a fucking dream and this is what happens we need to like fix this problem immediately like if he dreams and then can't be relied upon this is a failing product um and so then morton is also yelling at lewis he feels like she's somehow the reason for this development which of course she isn't um she's a woman it's her fault indeed whenever someone feels an emotion it's probably because a woman is there Making yeah. them feel it like a bitch, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. those bitches of women trying to make people feel feelings and especially then they're feeling their own feelings and you're supposed to care about them too, for Christ's sake. Yeah. What the they're fuck? They're crazy. Um, so, but because Morton is now concerned about this Jones thing, the scientists are like, well, we can take him offline. And he's like, don't fucking do that. Just figure out what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile... RoboCop has gone on a a jaunt to fight some crime. Um, And specifically, he's ended up at this gas station where one of the bad guys that killed him is there. It turns out this character's name is Emil, which I would not have known. That's the the Um, redheaded guy? Yeah. Who I recognized from ER, I realized. I recognized him from... I'm not sure. I'll have to... We'll keep talking, and I will figure out how I recognize him. But it's something. He's been in a bunch of stuff, too. 
Um, he also plays a bad guy in a lot of stuff, I feel like. If not a bad one, a smarmy one. Because what I remember about yeah. his character from ER was that he was kind of smarmy. Um, that makes sense. But so he is this bad guy harassing the clerk at the gas station. Robocop clocks what's happening and then tries to arrest him. But when Emil... Oh, that's what it is. He says to him, um, dead or alive, you're coming with me. And Emil mm-hmm. is like, oh, shit, it's you. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and when he realizes who is in RoboCop, he starts shooting RoboCop. Um, RoboCop shit has been recording this interaction. Um, and he's like, wait, why does this guy recognize me? Like, what's going on? So then RoboCop starts saying to him, who are you? Um, right. Uh, but to avoid this, like, awkward reunion, Emil ends up blowing up the gas station um, and running away. This is when we get a, what has now become a pretty classic shot where the gas station is a ball of flames and we see Robocop walk out of the flames mm. um, and he kind of attempts to uh, arrest Emil and keeps asking him who he is, but Emil eventually, uh, I, I, oh, this is what it was. I guess it looks like he died or something. And so Robocop doesn't seem to like follow up or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Instead, Robocop goes back to the police station where he's running like um, the files of various crime guys. Um, and he learns that this. <laughs> A male character is linked to Boddicker. Um, right. And that Boddicker, in turn, is suspected as a, as being responsible for the death of Alex Murphy. So the death right. of him. Um, right. And this is when he also gets Alex Murphy's address and he goes to his house for a bit. But as far yeah, as I could I did like tell. The house tour. <laughs> I mean, but like. As I said. Yeah, but, like, this doesn't matter to the story at all. No, it doesn't. We don't have to talk about it, but I did like the house. Um, yeah, it was a very 80s house. And, yeah. like, a, I don't know. This is where that, like, submerged memories part. I'm like, I don't think it this matters. This is the only part they showed yeah. that, I, that I thought showed this part. And it he goes to the house, the house. son and remembering his wife. Yeah, he goes to his house. It's empty. He remembers his family a bit. And then, oh yeah, and then he like punches the real estate, uh, real estate agent <laughs> yeah. television thing, and yeah. that's it. Um, yep, that's it. So then we cut to a much more intriguing home situation, where Morton is celebrating his various professional successes um, with, as any '80s businessman would, some cocaine and two sex workers um and they were pretty modestly dressed 80s businessman i would maybe yeah maybe that's maybe that's a general maybe that's a general way of celebrating that i just am not cool enough to know about yeah i don't Um, think we're in that world i don't think i make enough money for that to be my go-to celebratory thing i can like yeah. Buy a sixty dollar bottle of champagne sometimes. Like <laughs> that's what I can do. It's fair. Even if I did, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's those wouldn't be my two purchases. Uh those would not be my first two purchases in, in Fair enough. But I mean everyone does self care their own each way. His own. <laughs> yeah. Um so these women are there. And it seems like everyone's, like, looking forward to a good time. Um, but unfortunately, Boddicker shows up and he even says, I mean, this, this is gross if you actually talk this way, but it's kind of funny in the context of this movie. He's like, mm-hmm. bitches, leave. And Did I you say that? I think I, yes. was like, I think I do remember that because I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And funnier still, I mean... I think, let's face it, if you're a sex worker, you, you have to get very good at, like, reading people in situations. 
And so they shoot up and they're like, bye. <laughs> they're like, peace out. Got my money. Bye. Yeah. I am not getting mixed up in whatever the fuck this is at all. And also, um, and also don't confuse things. I don't like you. And I don't right, feel bad. Right. I don't <laughs> have any particular loyalty to you. Yeah. Like in the sense that like we're part of the human family and like I can tell something bad's about to happen. Like I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gone. Yeah. Um, so they leave and then um then this is another death that's like kind of wild. Um because Boddicker shoots Morton like a number of times in the legs. Mm-hmm. And that's gotta be rough. Oh yeah, that's like um that's mean that's like a maiming situation where that hurts but it most surely doesn't kill you no and I think that's the point because like yeah like it would hurt real real bad oh and I think it's like torturous yeah and it immobilizes you which is also the point yep. like then you're stuck yeah. there and so then once he's on the ground Boddicker plays a video for him of Jones and he's like, you didn't really get it, man. You kept making my life way difficult. And I had a, clearly, like, there was a plan that was in motion that Morton disrupted. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't totally know what it is yet, but clearly Boddicker and Jones are working together in some kind of way. And Morton's uh, creation of RoboCop has has messed something up quite significantly. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, after the video is played, Boddicker, like, takes a grenade out (laughs) and, like, puts it on the coffee table and walks away and leaves uh, Morton there, kind of where the grenade is just out of his reach. And I Mm -hmm. think the last we see of Morton is him, he's just managed to, like, grab the grenade in his hand, which is stupid. Like, what do you think you're going to do? Like, once the pin is pulled on a grenade, like, even put it... Maybe he thought he could pick it up and throw it, but, like... Oh, maybe. Maybe that was what he was thinking he was doing. But, like, to me, well, yes, I guess that's probably all he could do since his legs didn't work. But, like... I have a dumb question about grenades. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Once the pin is pulled, is it a time thing or it's the th- or it's that it's like a pressure thing where it like if it, it has to hit something? Um, I think that once the thing is pulled, um, you you just have a certain amount of time. Okay, so it's timed. Okay. It doesn't, like, it because grenades can blow up in the air. They can blow up when they right. touch a surface. Like, okay. but what I don't. Right, so it's a timed thing. I wonder I, what the yeah. time is. <laughs> it's not a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like not a seconds? lot. 30 seconds? Maybe. Maybe 30 yeah. seconds. But also, now I want to look up, oh, Wikipedia, like. Oh, my God. How long did it take a grenade to explode? This says. From pulling the pin and throwing a grenade, throwing a grenade, it usually takes anywhere between two to six seconds before detonation. Yikes! That's why you throw it away from yourself. Yeah, Um, that makes more sense. See, I kind of thought the act of throwing was because what? Oh, that it started something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think that's maybe where I was confused. So he really was stupid to pick it up. Okay, okay, so that's also what I was looking up because what I didn't know is, like, I know you pull the pin and you throw it away from yourself, but what I didn't know is, like, how, like, what the mechanism actually was. Like, if once you pull that pin, you're creating some sort of a chemical reaction mm. or if you're doing, if it's to do with pressure inside the thing. But what it really is is that the pin pulls... um a striker that triggers oh. the detonator. And so Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it's it's not a chemical reaction. It's like basically the same as gunpowder sort of thing. Oh, like a fuse gets okay. lit and then the the um explosive material gets uh detonated. Um 
So anyway, pretty serious. Yikes. <laughs> um, I will not be dealing with any grenades anytime soon. Yes. Um yeah so why did the jersey shore guys this is never mind (laughs) oh man um yeah but so then also i will say that like because of the way this works like you stick putting the pin back in doesn't stop the thing like you're once it's going it's going and you're not diffusing it or anything um, I feel like two to two to five seconds or two to six seconds, whatever it was I just read. They don't they don't properly show that in movies. I feel like it's not. I feel like <laughs> no. It seems like time. it's longer. Yeah, because like in yeah. this scene, like, and I mean maybe this is because it's the future. Maybe they change things. But like the way Boddicker does is he pulls the pin, he sets it on the coffee table, and he like gets out quickly. But he doesn't look like he's in any kind of rush, like a two second rush, like. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know what that means, but then we see, you know, the house blows up and we don't, Morton's dead, 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 dead. Um, Deadsville. Meanwhile, Boddicker continues on his journey, which now involves making some sort of a business deal at a drug factory. Um. As you do. Yeah, well. Now that I'm looking back at this, now I get why this is happening. But at the time, I was like, what is this guy? He just does all crime. Um, yep. Just as, as I was watching this, I was just like hearing your voice in my head saying like, these crime guys. Like, they're busy. That's all. They're, they're busy guys, first of all. They're busy. They're doing all the t- types of crimes. They, they got to do all the types of crime. That's what and they're you. And they're like full-time crime guys. Like, they're not fucking around. No. They are full-time. I, I would even believe that in Boddicker's case, he probably doesn't even sleep. Like, doesn't he is just like 24 hours a day, seven days crime. a week, 52 crime. weeks a year, doing crime. crime. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and, like, really violent crime. Super <laughs> violent crime. Um, and loves it. Loves it. Does so, he have a family, I wonder? I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I don't even anyway. want this guy to have a plant. Well, he shouldn't, because he'd probably kill it. He, he doesn't have a nurturing bone in his whole body. He couldn't keep anything mm. alive. No, and he probably wouldn't want to. No, let's hope not. Let's hope he knows himself we'll go with well that. enough to be like, that's not where my journey that's is not taking me. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bodeker and his gang are talking to this drug gang, and it seems like they're trying to like hammer out some sort of deal, unclear exactly what the deal is. Um, in the process of this, Robocop shows up, a big shootout starts happening. Lots of various crime guys drop dead as a result. Um, it's unclear to me if it's like, is Robocop capable of killing all of these people? Or is it also because the crime guys are shooting and like bullets are flying and so you just get hit with a bullet? I don't know. Um, I do not know. But what ends up happening is basically Robocop and Boddicker are the only people left in this drug factory and Boddicker keeps shouting at him like you don't understand you're missing something I work for Jones and he keeps saying like I work for Jones I work for Jones and I'm protected he says that over and over again and um like Robocop by the end has Boddicker like his throat in his hand and it looks like he's about to choke him but then Mm -hmm. I think this is when one of those directives that's, like, about, like, serve the law or something or uphold the law is, like, oh, no, I've got to arrest this guy. I can't just kill him. Um, So that is what happens. Robocop takes him into custody and brings him to the police station um, where Boddicker is, like, I'm not talking. I want my phone call. Mm -hmm. And... 
when he gets on this phone call, who does he call but Dick Jones back at OCP? Um, and Jones, this is when we learn that they have hatched a plan together. Um, and that plan is basically, I don't think they necessarily talk about it on this phone call because probably you don't want to talk about your crime plans at the police station on over their the phone. phone. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. what we eventually learn is that the goal here is where when Delta City is being built, that mm -hmm. that's going to bring in a lot of people to do the jobs of building the city. And Jones has already like kind of paved the way for Boddicker to be the number one crime kingpin for these Yikes. workers and presumably maybe even for Delta City when that's finished. Um, but yeah, he was like, I forget exactly, but he's like basically saying like, yeah, you can be the, the main pipeline for drugs and sex work and everything. That'll be your thing. Um, Yippee. And yeah, so that so they've cooked this plan up together, which is why all this other stuff up to now now makes sense of what's been mm -hmm. going on. Um, mm -hmm. And basically, Jones is like, just keep fucking quiet. I'll send some lawyers. Don't worry about it. Robocop then comes into Jones's office, and he's like, I forget if he's like saying he's trying to arrest him or what. Um, but as he's about to try and arrest this guy, what happens to Robocop? Oh, it's like, is this the Directive 4 thing? Mm -hmm. It's like, Directive 4, Directive 4, or something. Right. And you're like, uh, don't know what that means. And the guy's like, you can arrest me because I programmed a failsafe that won't let you arrest anybody who works for OCP or something like yeah. that. Anybody who's in charge. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because, like, we had already seen that Directive 4 was classified. So, like, something that even RoboCop couldn't know Didn't what know. it was. And yeah. so this is the reveal. Um, and, yeah, RoboCop is, like, frozen now as a result of Directive right. 4. Um, this is when Jones calls back ED-209 and that basically bitch. says, like, you got to kill RoboCop now. Um, because I guess, I don't totally remember how now, but, like, Ro it's clear, like, RoboCop has figured out what all yeah. is going on. And so, or if he hasn't figured it out, he has enough information for somebody to be able to. Um, yeah. So then we get a bit of a fight between ED-209 and RoboCop that starts out with ED-209 just fucking knocking him around like a rag doll. Yeah. Like, really quite intensely failing on the part of RoboCop. Um, but RoboCop manages to, like, get mobile enough to start going down the stairs of the building. Um, yeah. And this was funny, because then you see this very weird, like, ED-209 is clearly not super battle-tested yet. Um, yeah. Because it can't navigate stairs. Yeah. <laughs> and it falls right over, and then is, like, kind of waggling on the it's ground. Very, it's very top-heavy, even just it looking is at very, it. It is very, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's like kind of wobbling with its legs the way like a upside down turtle would wiggle its yeah. legs. <laughs> um, and so then Robocop is able to get away. But as he's exiting the stairwell, he's in like this parking garage for OCP where the remainder of the police force has come because Jones has called them there to say that Robocop is like freaking out and needs to be put down. Mm -hmm. um because because ocp runs the police right so like right so this 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 was the plan jones was going to have robocop killed one way or another so that this information would be buried with him yeah um but he manages to escape with lewis's help um and then we get another media break and this was one where i was really super confused and i was like i had to actually rent this movie twice <laughs> Because, oh, no. because I managed to watch one part of it at one point in the week 
and but I was like so tired and discombobulated, I couldn't get back to it until enough later in the week that then I had to buy oh, it. No, it expired. <laughs> oh no, that's the um, worst. And I forget if this is where it happened. It might have been. But, like, so this was a real tough one for me because it's like, where was I in this movie? Like, what was happening and oh, where God. were we? And then we're at media break. And what do I see but a weird claymation dinosaur going through a city. And I'm like, wait, what? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what it really is is one of these commercials. In this case, it's a car commercial for something called the 6000 SUX. <laughs> like, sucks. The yeah. 6,000 sucks. I don't want that car. Um, which I quite enjoyed as a joke. Um, and then yeah, I especially liked that then they had on the bottom of the screen during the commercial, it said that it got 8.2 miles per gallon. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. okay, so this movie this movie does have jokes. It's just, They're just a little subtle. They're, I mean, they're not even that subtle, but, like, they're jokes, but they're, like, now getting so close to the truth, it's maybe not as funny as it would have been yeah. at one time. Um, and this is when we learn that there's an impending police strike as a result of all of this nonsense that's happening. Um, meanwhile, Jones and Boddicker have gotten together again at Jones's office, and this is when he's like, you need to take out RoboCop because... Um, whether he has figured it out or not, he has the information about us that would allow our kind of whole thing to get blown up. So we can't like mm -hmm. have this. Um, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Robocop and Lewis have run away to the crime guy junkyard, which seems like a weird choice. I do not. Yeah. Uh, like if you're wanting to lay low and figure out what's going on, I don't think I would go to the place where I was murdered. No nope. part one. Nor would I go, like, first of all, I wouldn't go to the place I was murdered. If the place I was murdered was also the crime guy hangout, I wouldn't. <laughs> and also a junkyard that. on top of that. Yeah, I just, I feel like I'd pick a different spot. But anyway. Yeah, 100%. I'd pick like a cute little coffee shop. Go <laughs> get a little coffee. Go I feel little, like, you know, this is the time when you go to like a weird cabin. Like or or that or yeah or like a, although that seems a little scary too but but yeah that's a better or like an empty secluded. an abandoned building some sort sure or another um sure because what what RoboCop is doing at the moment is he's repairing himself as best he can from his attack um by ED two oh nine. This is when we right. see something that, to me, was possibly the most disturbing thing to look at, which <laughs> was when RoboCop takes his helmet off. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, Peter Weller's face with, like, weird makeup being pulled back from that face to meld onto the cyborg cranium plate thing at the back. Um, if I was if I was him, I'd be like, that is unflattering. I do not approve it. It absolutely made his face look puffy and disgusting. Now, maybe creepy. his face was puffy and disgusting from all this weight loss and misery he was in. Um, but yeah, it but looked, still, I would be like, I'd be like, you got to do something. I look creepy. It something about it somehow to me looked more off putting than any of the gruesome deaths. Then yeah, what we're about to see with the toxic waste, like, it just really made me not feel good in my heart or my stomach. <laughs> um, but so we see his face and Lewis is holding up this, like, shiny bit of metal so he can see it. Um, this again, we get a brief little throwaway to the fact that he used to have a family. And I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. Who the fuck cares? Um... <sighs> And then Lewis helps RoboCop sort of relearn how to shoot because his targeting system had gotten, like, muddled from being attacked by ED-209. Mm -hmm. And I guess the reason they're hanging out here is because they, even though we don't see this happen, they've made some sort of plan for when Boddicker and his henchmen come back. Mm -hmm. And so they do come back, and we get the final shootout which is kind of all over the place. It doesn't really matter. This, but yeah. we see Emil drive his van into a vat of toxic waste. Um, oh, gross. 
And then the transformation of what that does to him is really quite Not intense. And I got to yeah. figure, like, I don't think that's actually what happens. If you get doused by toxic waste, I think you just die. I hope that it's not like this weird uh, dissolution of your skin and body. Right, where your like, hands, oh. like, your hands turn into, like, start octopus to <laughs> fingers and, like, your face. And, but you're still, or even if that does happen, you're already dead when that happens. Right. Like, yeah, like, you're this not, is, like, walking around. Yeah. What I want is if I die by toxic waste wave, um, <laughs> I want it to, like, I don't know, do whatever it does, like burn my skin off, melt my face, melt my bones, Yikes. whatever. Um, but then I'm dead. Like I drop to yeah. the ground wherever that happens and somebody yeah. finds like a carcass after the Yuck. toxic waste I mean, that doesn't away. sound awesome either, but it's like the walking around in this like weird zombie-esque form that's creepy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the final kind of moments of this conflict are where Boddicker, because obviously Boddicker knows this great the junkyard better than uh, Lewis and Robocop do. So yeah. he manages, he shoots Lewis. She's then out for the count. Um, and then he has something where he's able to use his other henchmen to drop debris onto Robocop. <laughs> um, it, that I guess looks like, maybe it's like, um, it's like rebar yeah metal. something like that it's metal of some kind that gets dropped yeah. upon him um so he's down on the ground Boddicker then has a different metal rod thing that he impales robocop with yeah and then i i missed this somehow i all i like looked away for a second and all of a sudden Boddicker had been stabbed in the neck yeah he, he pulls some the robocop guy pulls some type of sharp ass thing and just like clocks him in the neck okay yeah i'm i was like whoa whoa how that but anyway um so Boddicker dies and lewis is sort of around and robocop is calling out to her like they'll be able to fix you lewis and i was like oh shit is like is robocop to bride of robocop where she gets turned into a <laughs> robocop yes um which would be concerning to me. Um, <laughs> and then the final bit, we're back at OCP um, because Jones has to get his comeuppance. Somehow, Robocop has recovered from this confrontation with Boddicker. Yeah. I don't think we see how that happens. Um, no, I can't, no. But now what has happened, so he busts into the boardroom where Jones has been like, basically like, well, I guess we're going back to ED-209 because Robocop has freaked the fuck out and Morton's dead <laughs> and like, oh, shucks, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then Robocop starts playing the recordings that he has that incriminate Jones. And so in the face of that, Jones takes the old man, the big boss, hostage. And in the context of that, the boss fires him and Robocop is like, great, that's what I've been waiting for because now Directive 4 doesn't apply because Jones is not a member of OCP anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so then he like attacks Jones. Jones falls out of the window to his death. Um, mm -hmm. And then when the old man is like, what's your name, son? Robocop is like, Murphy. And then... That's the end of the movie, and we get a title card that says RoboCop, and that's it. It's a, it's a ride, for sure. Well, the thing that I'm now realizing is, remember how at the beginning, the writer said, like, even though this company owns him, he does the right thing? And it's like, yeah. well, but no, because the actual way this movie ends is that the directive, directive four remains in place. It's not like he unprogrammed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they just, they just fire the one guy and then all of a sudden he can arrest him or he can kill right. him or whatever. Right. I mean, he, I guess we can say he always wanted to do that, but like he still didn't do it until the thing no longer applied. So it wasn't like, oh, he he's got this like. He didn't undo like the problematic right. directive that was in place. Yeah. Right. So 
here we are at the end of RoboCop. Um, so yawns and eye rolls. That's where we are. Um, for yawns, one yawn is I was at the edge of my seat, couldn't stop watching. Um, hmm. and ten yawns is like, oh my god, I could barely keep my eyes open. What would you give this? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I had trouble at the beginning. Like, I definitely, like, tuned out, and I tuned out at different parts. I liked some of the crime stuff. <laughs> um, I, but I would put it, like, in the middle. It was kind of, like, just, like, eh for me mm -hmm. in terms of boring. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. like, a five? Like, five. Yeah, five. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, five. Yeah, I struggled with this one. As I said, I needed to watch it in two parts, um, partially due to time. But I think also really it was like hard for me to super settle into it. So I might even give it a little bit more like um, maybe even a seven because I just had a really hard time um, get figuring out what this was about, I guess. Um, in terms of eye rolls, one eye roll is... I totally buy into this world that's been created and I feel good about it. Um, and 10 eye rolls is like, just this has lost me. I, I don't understand any of this. What would you Oof. give it? I feel, not to be boring, but like, I feel like I might do five again because I know that there's not anything that's like super, super crazy out there in this one. But I definitely didn't understand, like, certain central conceits of it. And I don't understand what satire is now, we've realized. And <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I'm in the middle of, yeah, I'm going to say five again. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I think I might be there with you on this one and also give it a five. Um, because I didn't think, like, anything that was happening here was so crazy or campy or yeah. weird or anything um but yeah I guess maybe we just don't get satire maybe that's a problem I guess for us. so this is just kind of like I feel like it went over my head just a touch like if I was supposed to like get anything from it other yeah than like, I mean crime guys here crime guys there crime guys here there and everywhere oh uh, that's a great kids book <laughs> uh, I'm but like I mean it can't make any less money than any other kids book right um I guess like ultimately I've enjoyed talking about this movie and I've yeah. come to find some maybe mildly humorous things in the talking about it um yeah but in the watching of it I was it very come out puzzled somehow yeah. Yeah. um and I and I think that's partially due to my own like the way I was like encountering this movie in the context of being yeah. exhausted and miserable. Yeah. Uh, but also I do, I do wonder and think that part of the issue for us both is that we did not watch this in its time. In the eighties. Yeah. Um, not as kids, not as anything. And so we don't have any we don't of have the like, right perspective. Yeah. We don't have any of the yeah. real like, context and timeliness yeah. that I think maybe would have made this more fun, more interesting. And we also don't have any nostalgia of like, oh, I watched that when I was a kid. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah, we don't yeah, have, because yeah, totally. right? that has sometimes saved other things because it's 100%. like, ah, you know. Um, oh, but yeah. we just, this was a real blank spot for the two of <laughs> us. Um, and I guess it remains so into the present. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? Um, I didn't hate it. I don't know if I would like go as far as to be like I liked it, mm -hmm. but I didn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make me mad. Um, and that's Which a win. is not a small, <laughs> like that's not to, yeah. nothing to sneeze at in the context of yes. this. Yes, <laughs> for real, like truly. Um. <laughs> And would I recommend it? Like, I guess so. I mean, 
I'd be like, I didn't quite get it all. I might say some of the stuff I said here. I didn't quite get it. But it's like, it's not too long. It's not like too sci-fi where someone would have to be like real deep into sci-fi to like enjoy it. If if you like shooting and like stuff like that, I think you could get into it. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess I would. Yeah, I think. I I can't say that I liked this, um, mm-hmm. but I can't say that I didn't like it either. Yeah, um, that's what I'm. It's a weird one. And in terms of recommending, I think I might be like, well, one, if you're a Paul Verhoeven completist, certainly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I think there's some stuff that's visually interesting to see. Sure. Um, but I, yeah, maybe I would just be like, do a scrub through. Yeah. Pause Watch on some stuff. Scene. Yeah. Pause yeah. on some stuff. There's some cool kind of, there's a, a handful of cool visual things to look at. Um, yeah. But yeah, the story isn't super, like the story itself isn't really complex or very interesting. Yeah. Like it's a pretty kind of uh, boilerplate um, yeah. kind of corrupt vaguely noir maybe inspired (laughs) kind of storyline um yeah but yeah there's some stuff that's visually interesting to see and that maybe is worth spending some time and that's all i can say yeah a (laughs) hundred percent well um boy oh boy what well i guess all thank you so much everyone for listening as always Um, I'm Sarah, and I'm here with Amy, and we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.